I am Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Hey guys, welcome to Woven. Um, today we are talking about the election, which if you're listening to this, the day it releases will be next week. And we just kind of wanted to um, remind both ourselves and everybody about how we can be Christ-like in our um, discourse and how we speak about and view people who disagree with us. Um, we've touched on this a little bit previously, but we wanted to kind of do a full episode, especially as we yeah. lead to such a contentious election. So, um, Rebecca, how do we do it? Just <laughs> Great question, because I'm so good at it. I'm so and, um, good. Yeah, for the record... Let's um, also say we're like literally processing this as we talk. And yeah, I mean, I think everyone knows we don't have answers, but like we're just trying to put on the mind of Christ, if you will, and really think of it that way. Yeah. And I do, I do recommend people going back and looking, listening to our June episodes where we talked about, where we talked about how to argue like Jesus yeah. and how to argue well and discourse, good discourse. And then we talked to fancy politics about, you know, having graceful political conversations. So I highly recommend going back and listening to those episodes. This is going to be more of a like, how we're doing in the present reality of it being a week out from the election. I think that the, but I think we'll probably touch on some of the stuff we talked about in June, but I think it'd be, and this would be a good time to go back and listen, especially because we don't have an episode coming out on election day because we want to make sure everybody has a plan for voting and goes and votes and does all the things. Um, I was just thinking, I am such a nerd. <laughs> I know that's a big surprise <laughs> to everybody listening, but I love election season. Like, I mean, this election season in general, I don't as much because it's so contentious and it just feels so heavy. And I think it's because the world, like just it's circumstances of the world with COVID and the racial tension and everything. I think we're in a different, um, a different election season than we normally would be in. But outside that, I love elections. I love voting day. I love staying up all night and watching the analysis. Like I'm just one of those nerds. Like I find it, I love seeing everybody's, I know people make fun of it, but I love seeing everybody's voting sticker pictures on Instagram. I love it. I I love the energy of all of it. And so I think it's just good to like, I have to tell myself when I start to get like feeling tense and uneasy about the situation, I have to tell myself that like, we're so lucky as Americans that we get to, um, have a national holiday where we go and elect our leaders that we um, that we get to participate in democracy that as women we get to vote um, that while there's a lot of work still left to be done on voter suppression all those things and we don't need to talk about that today uh, most people in the United States can vote um, and just the fact that we have a um, hand in what happens in our country is a huge gift that I think sometimes we forget. Um, and so I just wanted to like, that's the first thing I wanted to say was just how grateful we need to feel that we get to be a part of the process. Yeah. That's really a perspective because not everybody has this and yeah. Gift. And yes. Um, yeah. It's definitely nice to feel like you have a say, even though with the electoral college, a lot of times we don't feel like we have a say. Um, so we have a say on so many other things. I mean, yes, we do have a little bit of there. I mean, we don't need. We talked about the electoral college on another episode. We don't need to go into the 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 whatever we want to feel about the electoral college and how it makes our vote feel. But like, we get to vote on so many other things. Like, 
you know, all of our local stuff, like all of the ballot propositions, all of that kind of stuff. Like we get to help shape, you know, our government and, and from the inside out. And it's not just about the presidential election. I know we've said that before, but like just to get excited about the fact that we get to shape, um, you know, who runs our city councils, who runs our school boards. Like these are all things that are, I mean, our state, um, I mean, I never really thought, and I think I've said this before, but I never really thought about how important state and um, governor elections have been. I mean, our governor's up, not up for election, but like 11 other states are, for those of you who living in a state who is voting for your governor. Like before, I was just like, oh, whatever, the governor. Um, I like really cared about local elections and federal elections, but like COVID has just proven that the state has a huge power in, yeah. um, in how they handle crisis. And so who we elect to be on our, you know, our state representatives and our, and our governors and our mayors, like that affects us. Like you have a hand in things that directly affect you. And like that should, we should have a little bit of awe about that. We should have some awe that we get to like, you know, us little measly citizens, you know, get to like have a say is, is a gift. Um, There are a lot of countries, there are a lot of countries that are democracies, but there are a lot of countries that, you know, um, you know, our brothers and sisters living in China and, and, um, or the Middle East and places like that, you know, they, they don't get a say, um, and especially women don't get a say. I ordered myself a shirt for Tuesday election day. I'm so excited. What is it? <laughs> it says vote like a girl. And then it says since night, it says since 1920 on it. And I'm so excited. <laughs> Because I just want to remember that, like, you know, a hundred years yeah. ago, we couldn't, we just got the right to vote. Like, I think those kind of things are the things that we need to think about when we're like, just how grateful and not every woman had the right to vote in 1920. And I need to put that caveat out there. You know, I would have been able to vote starting in 1920. Um, women of color would not. So like, I know that there's a, that there's caveats there and where it's, a, it's an ever progressing, you know, system. Um, and there's things I don't want to get so stuck in the gratefulness of it that I don't recognize that there are things that need to be changed. But, um, but yeah, um, it's a great experiment that keeps going. We have to look at the long story of it. And yeah. like, when we get discouraged. We have to keep yeah. perspective on the whole the world as a whole. And we also have to remember where we've come from and where we're going. And we can't, yeah. I mean, things like this don't change overnight. So we have to be yeah. grateful for the things that have already and, you know, keep working towards the things we want to. And I think like the local elections are so important. I've really made an effort this year to like see who's running near me, especially with like school closings and, you know, mm-hmm. it's directly affecting me now in ways it hasn't. Yeah. Kids have entered the public school system for the first, you know, they're in kindergarten. So this is their first year in public yeah. school. And it's, um, so that's like on my mind in a way it hasn't been before. So yeah. Yeah. Right now with COVID, that's what's affecting me. <laughs> exactly. And and we need to be thinking yeah. about that when we when we go vote. Um, like what what and, and we don't all there I, I this is what I think about when I vote. I had somebody ask me this the other day, um, besides just doing research on what's on the ballot so they don't get into the voting booth and be like, Oh my gosh, I don't know any of these people, um, or any of these ballot propositions because the way they write those things when you're standing in the voting booth. Why do they do that? Like, why are they so confusing? I'm like I'm not because but I really sit there like, what? Like, it's it's a way to like, most of the time it's a way to trick you to say yes. Um, right. And so it's really important to look and read those things because sometimes it sounds great. But then like when you really dig into the nitty gritty of it, you're like, oh, wait a second. No, that does not sound good. Um, we didn't have very many in our Cobb County ballot this year, but you know, there, you know, a lot of people in the United States have a lot of ballot propositions right now that are, um, that sound good, but may not be or vice versa, you know? So, um, anyways, 
so besides doing research, I think I, I think I posted on Instagram this the other day, like it first I think about like what affects my family. Obviously that's important. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so the whole, you know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So like what is important to me? What is important to my family? Like you're talking about, you know, COVID-19 and, and school and like what directly affects me and my family. But then secondly, like how do I love my neighbor through my vote? And that's something that I've, that's been new to me. I think for so long I've voted on what's important to me. Like where, what, what are my platforms? What do I care about? And those are all good things. Like, I think we should think about that. We shouldn't just vote for people because of, you know, because people told us to or whatever. I think we should find things important to vote for. But also, how do I love my neighbor through my vote? And that looks different for different people. The way I love my neighbor through my vote may look different than the way you love your neighbor through your vote. So I'm not saying that that, that loving your neighbor through your vote has to look a certain way. But like, you know, so, you know, this crime bill may never affect me. And I'm just making something up out there. There's not yeah. actually a crime bill right now. But like this crime bill may never affect me. But it might affect a friend of mine's kid or something, you know, so like, what is, what is the best answer for my neighbor if this is not something that directly affects me? So I think that's important. I think that's what God calls us to. Um, when we think about these things is, you know, how, how do we love him through our vote? And how do we love our neighbor through our vote? And it's so interesting how, I mean, I have friends who really disagree with me. And mm-hmm also really love God and feel Mm -hmm. convicted that they are voting based on their convictions and the Holy Spirit's guidance. And I feel the same thing and I'm voting differently. And that's just been a really, I mean, and I feel like, I mean, this has been going on forever, but this year things are just so like, it's like, there's no room to agree to disagree. There's no room to, I mean, on from either side, right? Like you have to agree with me or you're wrong. Um, and I think like, it's just been really humbling in a way to think like, I mean, I don't think God's like telling one person one thing or another, like, I I don't know how that works. I know that like, I trust my friends' spiritual lives and I trust that they are seeking wisdom. And it's just really interesting that it can be different than what, I I don't know. Like, I guess we all get a different thing that we care about a lot and we all have different gifts and maybe we all have different things that we want to change and maybe we're all passionate about different things. And so I don't know. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah. Um, well, um, I was, and we're going to link to this in the, in the show notes, but um, Scott Saul's um, wrote a great article about, um, about how to follow Jesus and be a disciple of Jesus. And um, also think about politics and, and he was talking about, and, I think I was thinking about my evolution. So I've always, I just was that kid that was interested in politics. I was the kid who like followed the electoral college map when I was like eight years old. Like I loved it. I've just always been a political nerd. Um, and, you know, I grew, I grew up in a household that was one way. Um, that was one, you know, political party. And, um, and then I became a Christian when I was 18 and, um, and, you know, when I was just young and naive and wasn't like really thinking for myself, but also trying to figure out like what God wanted for me, um, there was this sense that like, if you were a follower of Jesus, you voted a certain way. And mm-hmm. like, I, I got us really over the past couple of years, like torn down that wall in me that, um, that like there can be true followers of Jesus and true lovers of God on both sides of the political spectrum. And 
I think that's another perspective shift we need to have. Like, and I, and now, and now I'm on the other side. Like, you know, I, I, I kind of, my, I've evolved in the way I feel about politics and about how I vote. And, but that doesn't change my love for God. Like, I vote differently now than I did when I was 18 years old, but I don't love God any differently than I did when I was 18 years old. I don't, I don't, I mean, yes, my, my spiritual life has progressed, but like, I don't, because I'm voting this way now, that doesn't make me less of a, of a Christian than I was when I was 18, you know? And I think we just need to, um, and I'm, I'm a huge proponent of constantly evolving our views and thoughts on this. Like, I don't think there's a concrete answer, I mean, to any of this. And we're constantly learning and we're constantly evolving. And, and our, our faith is supposed to be rock solid. And our relationship with God is steady. And that's, you know, like the, the, um, smooth, the firm foundation, but all this other stuff that we think about the world and then we think about what's going on around us can ebb and flow and change. And it can progress. I'm not saying progressives, but it, we can progress in the way that we feel about things. But that, that doesn't mean our, our, our solid foundation of who Jesus is has changed. But I think sometimes we ca- get caught up in, in this. Oh, well, if you're voting this way, then, then you must not love God as much as I do. Um, and I, I, Believe or you me. don't care about anybody or you yes yeah like yes um and i i mean i get stuck in that trap not so much the i don't think they love god more but i think oh you obviously don't love your neighbor as much as i do if you vote xyz and that's that's not true and um and we don't want to be seen that way either i don't want people to look at me in the way i vote for people to tell me oh well she must not love jesus as much as i do like, I just I think that is just yeah. really the danger of I, I have never and it may be just that I'm paying attention now that I'm like, 36 years old and like, not, yeah. you know, a young like, kid just voting, but like, I am paying attention more. Yeah, that, but it just feels like so just from from everybody. It's just we're not treating people like people. I mean, we're yeah. just enabling people into these groups and saying like, if you vote this way, you're a racist. And if you vote this way, you like, you know, want to kill babies. And if you do this, then you're this. And it's like, what? Like, I mean, the whole point of, I mean, that's not loving anybody. And WWJD, he wouldn't label anybody. He wouldn't, it's, it's just been really infuriating to me, especially seeing Christians who I know like interacting online and like sort of yeah. the conversations that are happening are really disheartening. Cause it's like, I, I, I know that we can be passionate and not put people down. I know that we can care deeply about an issue and still care about the person who disagrees with us. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of this whole thing. And yeah. it, it, it's, we're not, I mean, we're supposed to show, you were saying earlier before you recorded, like our job is to show the world hope. So if we're just falling into this trap of like, not loving anyone who doesn't perfectly agree with me because I'm right and I'm self-righteous and like, I know how to fix the world. And I'm a little like, it's like, it's like the white, it's, I don't know. It's like savior complex. It's like, none of us are like, we're just voting. Like, this isn't like, I'm making a decision to fix everything. It's like, I'm literally like my vote is a chess move. We all get to decide how we're going to strategize how we vote and what we want to, you know, and people might make different decisions, but like, the division, like God is in the business of reconciliation. He's not in the business yeah. of division. And like, if you're finding yeah. yourself in a place where you just hate everybody, like maybe check out for a minute, you know, like, I mean, we're also, which is, what yeah. we're but we're also yeah. not meant to be, I mean, think about it. It's like, we're not meant to be sharing our political opinions 24 seven. Like that is so unhealthy. And it's not like, it, it's just not, it, 
And if, if all you're seeing, of a, like I had to mute a friend the other day because I haven't seen her in a while. And all I was seeing was what she was posting. And I had no, like, I don't have like a life relationship with that person anymore because of COVID and just whatever. And I had to be like, I have to mute you because all I'm seeing of you is like this and it's making me crazy. So I have to mute you so I don't hate you. <laughs> like, no, I think so. Yeah. So I, think I you just have, have awareness. Have yeah. Yeah. I think you have to have some self aware. We all have to have some self awareness about, um, you know, um, about what, how, what's affecting us. And I also, what you were, what you were saying got me thinking like, being civic minded and caring about our neighbor and like caring about our community is more than our vote. Like, yes, our vote, like you were saying, our vote is a chess move and we like, you know, we believe in our vote or whatever. But like, if there is an issue that you really care about, like your job isn't just to vote on it. And your job isn't just to like, if, if you really care about, um, you know, the public education system in your community, like, yes, vote for your school board member, vote for those people that you feel like are going to benefit your local schools, but also get out there and do something. And I think sometimes we like to talk a lot about this issue is important to me, or this issue is important to me, but, and I'm going to use my right to vote, which I think you should, I think you should voice your like concerns through your vote. I think that's part of being an American. Um, and that's the rights that we've been given, but also like there's other ways to like be passionate uh, besides just like having political views. Um, so yeah. From our identity. It's like, it's this yeah. weird. And that's what, I mean, the Bible weren't like our only identity is supposed to be child of God. We are not yeah. defined by what political party we affiliate with. And we don't find other people by that either. And that's hard yeah. not to do. I mean, I'm, and I'm saying all this from a position of like having been humbled over and over. Me too. <laughs> I'm not saying like, oh, I'm just perfect. And I love it. Like I'm not, I've had to really be humbled about this because yeah. it's like, I can't look at anyone and say like, you dumb, whatever. It's like, no, that's, that's a beloved person. Like Donald Trump is fearfully and wonderfully made. And Joe Biden is the beloved of God. And like, that's just the truth. And mm -hmm. that's horrible. And I mean, I don't like hearing one of those statements and I'm not going to say which one, but it's just, yeah, regardless, that is what's true. So we have mm -hmm. to fight that tendency in ourselves yeah. to be divisive and hateful. And it's like, we are bombarded all day by, and I mean, I don't know. I just, I'm getting so frustrated. <laughs> I just, I feel so sad about the state mm -hmm. of all of this. And I feel sad that I have friends who feel like they can't speak about it because they'll get attacked. And I feel sad that people are scared to speak their mind if it's different. And I don't know, it's just a mess. But mm -hmm. what are some things, I mean, how can we, what are some, okay, so let's talk a little bit about how you got off Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, <laughs> so I realized today, so I got a new phone yesterday. Well, uh -huh. uh, by new, I got David's old phone. He got a new phone. Uh, he got a new iPhone 12. I got his 11, but his 11 is brand new. And compared to my 7 that I had, it's amazing. <laughs> because I, I just, and yesterday, this is a side note, rabble, rabbit trail. The reason why I don't get a new phone is not because I'm cheap, but because I'm lazy. And it took the entire day to deal with you know, the phone situation yesterday. I was like, this is why I don't get a new phone. Anyways, <laughs> but yesterday was like a whole thing getting a new phone. And one of the things was, you know, I get my new phone and it like you back up from your iCloud and so that you get all your same apps on your new phone. And like some things are weird and you're relogging into new things. Well, I realized this morning that my Facebook must have gotten reactivated when I got the new phone because it was like from an old iCloud backup. So I went to post something on my Instagram stories and I realized it posted to Facebook and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
I don't have Facebook anymore. <laughs> no, gracious, I didn't delete my Facebook account, just deactivated it. But like, so that if I ever wanted to get back and get pictures or whatever I could, I want to completely lose it forever. Um, even though I haven't missed a one minute sidebar, not one minute. Like I don't, I don't like crave it or anything. So I was actually mad. I was mad that I was showing back up on Facebook again. So I went back in through my Mac and like deactivated my account again. Anyways, but yeah, I think, um, you know, I, you know what, what's right for me is not right for everybody, obviously. But for me, I just had to really like check my heart because I noticed that I was so, um, and I think this is a place of privilege and, and a place of like just where I am in life right now that I have time in my life to um, be passionate about things like this because my kids are in school and I'm looking for a job and don't have one and you're busy and all my friends are busy with other things or they're virtual schooling their kids or whatever. And so like I have lots of time on my hands, which means I have a lot of time to like read articles and listen to the news and that kind of stuff. And I was realizing that I was just feeling yucky all the time. I'm like, why, why am I so angry? Like I'm so angry. And I had to like check myself and really pray and be like, God, what is it that is like giving me so much anger and hatred towards people. And I realized it was just the rabbit hole that I was going down on social media. And I really had to... Exactly what it's decided to do. And then you get addicted to the bad feeling and then you just keep doing it all. Yeah. Exactly. Or it was, or I was getting in an echo chamber and everybody, everybody was like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like with everybody and you posted. Good and you're like, yeah, I'm on a team. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, whoa. Yeah. Like, because then the way you're viewing the people that aren't on your team, you're like, ew, but I love them, you know? So I just had to, I was just like a major gut check moment for me of like, this is not good for you. This is not good for you. Um, and so i I got off of it and I'm not saying that it's been perfect and that I don't still like watch the news or like see somebody post something on Instagram or whatever and get frustrated or, or have a conversation with somebody in real life, surprise, surprise, about politics and not get frustrated, but like, or feel attacked or whatever. Um, but I, I think it has been really good for me and I'm really, 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 really glad I'm not on it right now. <laughs> And I'm sure I'm missing something, but I don't care anymore. So I just don't know that it's a good idea for any of us to have the ability to publicly post something in the moment. Like yeah. it's just not healthy. Like, especially yeah. if like you're in the habit of it and you're just worked up. I mean, like when has anyone ever been like, I'm so glad I posted that in anger. That was great. Like, and usually if you're really like, most of the time I won't post, like, I'll try to wait and I'll be like, you know, I do too. Yeah. But then there's also this weird pressure. I feel like, especially this year where if you don't post something, then people assume, you know, that you don't care about an issue. So it's been really weird navigating social media. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, my, my conviction has been very much like the last few months that I want to have who, what country song is that? That's like a little less talk and a lot more action. It's Alan, um, Alan Jackson, isn't it? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't but, remember. <laughs> um, but, you know, I can post stuff, but like, am I doing any, like if I'm somebody who like, say I'm like a single issue voter on abortion, like, great. Are you doing anything to prevent abortion? Like if abortion really just like tears up your soul and I trust that it does. Okay. Yeah. As a, like, you know, if you believe life, whatever, whatever you believe that really tears you up inside, like research abortion, see, see why people get abortions and see what you can do locally 
in your community yeah. to help because that is what you should do. And like, yeah. if it, and any other issue you want to talk about, like, like immigration reform, or like there's something you can do or somewhere you can give money and like empowering our black brothers and sisters. Like there's places you can donate. Like, are you just like posting stuff or are you like donating money? And are you like, you know, yeah, like just, I, I really, and it's so easy. Like we all fall on the trap of like, well, let me just say it and then I'm done with it. But it's like, no, like I don't get to just like say my opinion and then I don't have to do anything about it. And I feel like so many of us are just like saying our opinion and I don't know whether people do something about it or not, but I would, I would guess that most people aren't really yeah. at those strong opinions with any action. Yeah. And if we're going to get outraged about something and yeah. you've got something to tear other people down and judge them, then we'd best be like <laughs> really doing something about it. Yeah, no, I agree. Did you watch SNL this week? No, um, are you talking about Jim Carrey as Joe Biden? No, we can talk about that another mo- moment. But uh, <laughs> we can we can do a deep dive on SNL anytime you want to because I'm a big fan. But the five hour empathy, do you that? <laughs> So, so it's not a five hour energy. It was an ad for five hour empathy. And so it was, it was one of the, the, I can't remember which person, which actor, but which comedian, but it was, it was a white couple and they were, you know, he was like posting online and getting all fired up. And then it's, you've got Keenan Thompson's, you know, it's like a prescription ad, you know, drug ad where there's like a voice in the background and you know, the, the five hour empathy is there and he's going to drink it and he he can't bring himself to drink it because that would actually give him like real empathy and actually he would have to be forced to do something besides just posting online. So good. Like if you don't watch SNL, but you just want to like, just go YouTube five hour. Yeah, Yeah, we will. We'll put the link to it in the show notes. It's so it's so, so good because it's so true. Like, like there's one thing to have like, you know, visceral reaction to something. And those are, that's, that's a starting point, right? Like the visceral reaction to something is a starting point. And we, you know, we get enraged and we like, you know, talk out on social media or whatever, call out friends or whatever, but like truly like empathizing with the, with the problem and getting involved in the problem that takes a whole nother step of like, um, um, of, it, I mean, it's a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice to move out from behind the computer and really like step into people's lives, um, whatever it is you think you care about and step in their lives and actually do something about it. Um, and, and that's convicting to me too. I mean, I get convicted um, by that. Um, I and like, I, I, Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, I was just like, when I was thinking about like what Jesus would do, because <laughs> everybody's always like, you said WWJD, like, Everybody's like, what, you know, how would Jesus vote in this election? Or what would he tell people in this election? And I think a lot of what he would do would have to be like, look for the hurting. Like, I think about Mr. Rogers and looking for the helpers, you know, like look, looking, look for the hurting. Like that's what Jesus would be doing. Whether that hurting person was a Republican or a Democrat, like he would be looking for the people who are hurting. He would be looking for where he can make a difference. Um, he, and he's gonna be looking for his followers to do the same thing. And he would probably be looking like right next to him yes yeah you the know? marginalized next to him yes and um and I just yeah I I just have to continue and this was also in Scott Saul's article that we'll post but like God did create government government is a function of a kingdom society. It's all through the Old Testament. It's all through the New Testament. Jesus talks about rendering to Caesar what is Caesar. Paul talks about in Romans um, 13, 1 through 7. He talks about, you know, the government was established to do good 
um, from God um, and that, you know, they're, they're to protect the innocent and punish those who need punishment. Like that's go, go and do a little Bible study of Romans 13, one through seven. Okay. And then listen to Jesus in Matthew talking about rendering to Caesar what is Caesar's. And Peter talks about praying for the government. Like obviously God has a purpose for government. He uses governmental systems to bring about his will. It's very clear in scripture, but politics, that's not from God. That's human. That's human made. And anything that is human made is sinful. Now, the government, God created it and and the human systems corrupt it, but the government itself is good. Um, but, but humans come in and mess it up with their sin. But politics is a man-made sinful creation. That doesn't mean God doesn't use politics. That doesn't mean you need to check out for politics because you're a Christian. That doesn't mean you can't be a part of one political um, system or another, even though I was reading some Tim Keller stuff because love him. Um, he was talking about Christians need to really check if they sit on one side or another solely. Because neither of these of these political systems that are set up by humans that are sinful, neither of them completely encompass God's will for the kingdom here on earth. Like we we, can, we need. I, I mean, most Christians believe, yeah, like believe on both sides of the spectrum. There there are things on both sides of the spectrum that fall into God's will, and so we should, we should check ourselves. Like that doesn't mean you can't be involved in politics, and that doesn't mean you can't be a Democrat or a Republican or a Libertarian or an Independent. Like you need to check like where your loyalty lies. Um, that's hard. Yeah. I I wanted to say something about empathy that, um, just like some food for thought, but I feel like empathy has become like an aggressive, like there's this aggressive empathy that we like demanded of other people. And, but empathy doesn't get to be for certain people. Empathy is the posture of your heart towards Mm -hmm. others. And so you don't get to be like, well, I'll be like, check your white savior complex. If your empathy is only for certain groups of people, I guess what I want to say, because a lot of times I think people can be like, well, I have to use my white privilege to stand up for, you know, these groups. And you do need to do that. However, you don't get to like, just not have empathy for like a bunch of other people you disagree with. Like empathy requires, like empathy is not something you switch on and off. And I feel like right now, it's like, there's like, oh, well, I'm allowed to have empathy and I should have empathy for all this. I'm going to demand extreme empathy from everybody towards these people I have deemed, which is true. They do need it. But you have to have empathy for the people you hate. Like you have to have empathy for them. That's, that's what God calls us to. And it's yeah. just, it's like, it's so hypocritical where it's like, we only, it's like, we're demanding empathy from everybody, but we're not mm-hmm. extending it to everybody. Yeah. No, it's true. Uh, it's because people come to their, that's the thing. Like people come to their conclusions based on real personal experiences and we change our minds all the time. I have changed drastically from the first time I voted at 18 years old to now at 36. Yeah. And at no point did someone rolling their eyes at me or shaming me about my opinions change my mind at no point. And we have to allow other people to evolve. That's just how yes. it is. And like, if someone doesn't agree with you, you're not going to change their mind by being a jerk and calling yeah. them names. Like, and it's just like, if we really want to change people's minds, if we really actually care so much about these issues that we're saying we care so much about, then like you catch more bees with 
honey than vinegar. What is that saying? Like you can't just be a jerk and shame people into stuff. Like that's never worked ever. So I just get so frustrated with people who are preaching empathy to everybody and then turn around and make fun of people and group people into, I don't know. I'm trying not to say specifics, but like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I, it's it, it's a good point. I think that so, so when we think about empathy, we think, oh, I need to have empathy for the, this class of people or these people experiencing these things, which are all true. Like we're called to empathize with those who have less than us. We are, you know, the Bible multiple times it talks about, you know, feeding the widow and the orphan, you know, and the poor. Like, obviously, we're supposed to have empathy empathy with the marginalized and the people that are on the outside of society. But God also calls us to have empathy for our neighbor and to have empathy for our enemy. And um, and that looks that looks like a lot of different things. That it, That is an empathy just for like the poor and downtrodden. That's empathy for, you know, my neighbor next door, um, you know, I'm trying to stay out of out of like specifics, but like you know, you know that flies. Or for my parents, like yeah, a lot or for family members, yeah, family for sure. Like we and that's just such a tricky thing, and there isn't a right answer to that. I mean, my family and I've we've kind of agreed to just not talk about it. We don't agree, and like I, you know, sometimes you just need to put a boundary up. But I think like, but that doesn't mean I get to roll my eyes and say okay, yeah. and like make fun of my parents if they disagree. Yeah. You know, it's like. And it's just, it's easy to do that because we see that all over. And I don't think we understand how that shapes us on a soul level, like a disdain for people. I don't think we, I don't think we feel the actual effects of that. And we need to be really careful of that. Yeah, I was, yeah, it's like, I I think I remember when we were talking to Sarah and Beth on the Pantsuit Politics episode, we were talking about like value-based, like everybody approaches what what they vote for and what they believe in policy wise based on a set of values. Both set has values. Mm-hmm. Like we have and it may be the same value. Like our value, you know, both values might be how to, you know, deal with COVID. Let's take that. Like that we need to take care of our healthcare workers. I'm just pulling something out of the air. And both both parties believe that taking care of healthcare workers is a value. But the uh, one side believes it should be done this way and one one side believes it should be done this other way. So what both sides may get heated in that they be, they view the other person as not having a good set of values. Mm-hmm. And I, and like where you're talking about how people have arrived to their opinions based on something, you know, based on life experience, like I, my role isn't to degrade other people's values. I can disagree with how they want to, um, approach policy based on those values but like let's take immigration for instance or whatever like you know i think that they're ever both people have value-based reasons and our job isn't to judge their values our our we can judge their you know the way they want to pursue policy based on those values but our job isn't to say that my value of whatever life is better than the other person's value of life. And I'm, I'm preaching to myself here. I'm, I'm notorious for being... Oh, we both are, for sure. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm not saying this because I know how to do this. I'm saying this as this is what I need to tell myself. Like, I need to hear over and over and over that the person on the other side politically for me also has values. And yeah. they, they're humans who care about 
I mean, there's a small subset of population, I'm sure, out there that, you know, despises everybody and is evil and blah, blah. I'm not talking about that. Like, but most normal Americans on the other side of the political spectrum for me, like, want a good life for their family. They want a good life for their community. Like, they just approach it in a different way than I do. And, like, if I continually remind myself of that, that helps me to humanize them versus dehumanizing them. Um, because my initial instinct is, is, well, if you vote that way, then you don't love people and you don't love your family and, or you only care about yourself and you don't care about other people. And, you know, you're, I'm a better human than you, <laughs> you know? And, um, that, yeah, we're all in danger of that right now. Just the, like the, what is, there's a term for that. It's like virtue the, signaling versus, well, not think? necessarily virtue signaling. Cause that's like an action, but I'm talking about yeah. just that that internal like smugness, like, Oh, yeah. look how like humanitarian. I, it's weird. It's like, I feel like activists used to be like a small subset of the population. And now we all have a public platform that we haven't had. And now everybody's kind of an activist and that's good. Like we should be yeah. more vocal about things that are wrong, but it's also, I, I feel like it's become just kind of gross, you know, like it's kind of gross to think yeah. you're a great person because you, you know, I don't know care about issues more than other people or like what, you know, all those, I don't know. Yeah. I, I was thinking, I guess. Yeah. And I was just thinking, I, climate change is a good example to me. Like, I don't think there's any, there, most normal people walking around day to day and even most politicians won't say, I want bad air pollution and water that's terrible. Right. You know, like most now that we may disagree on science, we might disagree on how bad it really is. We've, we definitely disagree with how to handle the situation. But like, I don't think anybody is saying, you know, you know, like I care about climate change and I think these certain regulations should be put in place so that we can like stop the, you know, the issue of climate or like at least the progression of climate change and the other side of, of the, you know, spectrum, you know, they may say, Oh, I don't want all those regulations. I'm pro business. That doesn't mean they hate the environment. And I'm telling myself this because I do this. I do this. I think, Oh, well then you don't, you don't care about the environment or your children. Because if you cared about your children, you cared about the environment, then you wouldn't vote in this way, blah, 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 blah. Like they just, we all are just approaching things in different ways, but it is so hard when you get in the moment and like you just believe so much that you're right and you care. So that means if I care, that means the other person must not care. Well, we've seen this so much with COVID, right? Because yeah. it became an issue of health versus business, economic health versus physical health. Yeah. And it was just, it, it is, it's not over. It's just like this impossible situation. And, and I feel like, you know, people are mad that Republicans are interested in the business and they don't want the economy to crash. And then people are mad that Democrats like, you know, basically are worried about public health and want everybody to stay home. And it's like, the truth is neither of those options are good. <laughs> like, the yeah. truth is, like and, and I really believe that most people in leadership were doing the best they could, honestly. Yeah. And it's just that we have different priorities. And like, that doesn't mean, yeah. like we were talking about um, in the county where my kids go to school, a lot of the teachers don't want to go back. And that's why we yeah. probably not going back till January or later. Um, yeah. And most of the students do, I think, or at least half the students want to go back. I think it doesn't matter. But anyway, and I was like talking to someone about it and they were like, I'm just so mad. And I'm like, yeah, but like, there just isn't a good solution because I do see why teachers don't want to go back. Like my kid's teacher is immune compromised and I get it. But yeah. it, so I just, 
And it doesn't mean that we just throw our heads up and say like, well, I don't know, there's not a good solution. But I just think we have to embrace with each other because like every solution affects somebody positively and affects someone negatively. And we're just doing the best we can. And like, I don't know. Yeah, it's true. I think they just have to, I think our, our role as Christians, I mean, you know, it's super simple and easy from Jesus. Like they'll know us for our love. Like it's so like, yeah, almost to a point where it's cliche, even though it's in the Bible. Um, but like, God, God's just really convicted me about, um, not only about voting what's best for my neighbor, but that I see that other people are voting the way they think is best for their neighbor um, and for their family. And like, like people, people see Jesus when I'm loving the other side. They don't see Jesus as much when I love the people who agree with me. <laughs> like, you know, it's real easy to love my friends that are like, yeah, girl, well, whatever, you know, but it's, yeah. it's a lot harder when I, and, and it is hard. Like God, that is a sacrifice. And especially for someone who's passionate like me. I mean, I think there's some people that it's not hard for because they're kind of like politics and policy and that kind of stuff's not as important to them. And that's not wrong either. I'm not judging that. But like, it's easier for them to see both sides. Like different personalities, I think, have the ability to like easily see both sides and ebb and flow back and forth. And I'm not one of those people. (laughs) I'm a very passionate person who cares about issues. And I have, it is hard hard work for me to be like, I'm going to like, I have to catch myself. And it's, it's not usually what I say. I'm not a, I'm not a very um, snarky person. I mean, I have my moments, but it's what I think in my head and that gets in your heart and that, and that affects the way you treat people. Even if you don't say the words, it affects how you love them anyways. And there are people that I've known forever that I do love, but I know how they feel politically about things. And it it is, it, it is an act of God's grace for me to be like, no, I still love them. I know they love Jesus and I still love them, even though I vehemently disagree with how their, their policy on this. And it's hard. Like, I mean, this is why God didn't call me into politics because I don't think I'd be a very good politician. Well, it's be, no, you're exactly like the politicians. <laughs> very fast. That's my point. That's yeah. my point. <laughs> I think it's humbling too to remember that as much as we're doing that for other people, they're doing it for us. Because we think like, oh, I'm, I'm being so like, oh, look at me, I'm restraining myself. But it's like, it's humbling for me to remember, like other people really disagree with me and they're trying really hard to be nice to me. And so it's, it goes both ways, you know? Yeah. I think too, um, I think it's, we just live in such a polarized society um, I mean, I think it's always been polarized. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be one of those like people of like, Oh, it used to be better than it is now. I mean, there, I think, I think there are things, elements of our society that are more polarized because of social media and more access to information, 24 news cycles and stuff like that. But like, I mean, we've always had people on both sides of the political spectrum. I mean, go watch Hamilton. Like it, it's been around since the creation of America, um, since the beginning of time, you know, but like, I, I think that, I'm trying to think where I was going with that. Where was I going with that? <laughs> you were saying you always have people on different um, sides. On different sides and, and political spectrums. And oh, I but I think it's even harder now for the people who want to sit in the middle to find their people. 
Like, I think that, especially as Christians, like I, and I think that, I think there's people of moderation in, in every religion. I'm not just, but since our podcast is a Christian podcast, I'm speaking to Christians. Like, I think, I think, and I think that there are people that sit in the middle and think, I have to choose a side, but I don't want to choose a side. And, and, but then they, then they feel, but then they feel guilty or shame about not picking a side or, or feel like they're not doing enough because they don't pick a side and, and they feel guilty. <laughs> they feel guilty into picking a side. And, and I, I think it's okay to say, I don't, I don't have a side. Like this election, I'm going to vote this way, but this, like, and I have to tell myself to not judge those people and judge them as like flippant or wishy washy or whatever. And I've been following, um, I don't know if you follow the Anne campaign Mm -hmm. Um, and they, and the head of the Anne campaign wrote a book called um, compassion and conviction. It's for like Christians. And I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. It's about Christians interaction with politics and Mm -hmm. like, and like the, the Anne campaign, their view is, is that there, there, there are Christian policies on both sides of the political spectrum. And that like, you know, we, we may be pro-life, so we don't agree with this end of the Democrats. Pol- you know, policy on on abortion or whatever. But on this side, we don't believe how how the Republicans, you know, don't care about healthcare and that kind of stuff. And like and like really analyzing every policy more than like a political party and a person, but mm-hmm. a policy through the lens of like kingdom politics. It's a really good book. It's really short. Like I think every Christian should read it. They are not advocating for one party or the other. It's called mm-hmm. the Ann campaign. And like their goal is to just like help the, us Christians who sit in the middle, maybe not me, but other Christians who sit in the middle who are like, uh, and they help moderate me. Like I need moderation. And so like they help to moderate me and I, people on the other side of the spectrum also need moderation as well. Like to just to listen that like both sides have policies that are good for the kingdom and for bad for the kingdom. And so like, and yes, we, you, unfortunately we have two, we are two politics, you know, political party system. I wish we were more, but we're not right now. Um, and so we have to like pick and choose, but that doesn't mean we have to stay with one side or the other all the time. Um, I think that will help with the, the divisiveness. Like, yes. Or like, if this is not our identity, how do yes. you know it's not who you are? And yeah. It's just so dangerous to think that way. Um, yeah. About others and yourself. But yeah, I think you said, I do think we're polarized, but I also think that we're not as polarized as we think we are. Like, I feel like in real life, yeah, I had some really great conversations with friends who agree with me, disagree with me, and they've been respectful and kind. And granted, I'm careful who I talk to, but like, it, I don't think we're as extreme as we think we are, at least in the people I've spoken to, I feel like a lot of us are just kind of in that moderate middle and we're thinking and we're like, you know, and like, I don't know. I just, I don't just to bring a little hope to it. Like, I don't think we're in this, like, I don't think it's Republicans versus Democrats. And like, I was even noticing with the, um, the debates, like the way they, the graphics they made where they're like head to head and it says Trump versus Biden. And it looks like a boxing match. I was just like, what? Like it, it's like, you have to like be aware, but I don't think mm-hmm. that, the majority of people are really like that extreme. Do you know what I mean? Like we hear them, we hear the extreme people. And then we think that the whole world is like that. But truthfully, I don't think it's as, I mean, it's bad right now, but I don't think like, I don't think we're never going to get better as American. We're just going to go into like the pooper. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that that leads me to the next thing I want to talk about is like, okay, so in a week from now, you know, went from when this podcast comes out, election day will happen. 
I think it's going to be an election week or two. I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be midnight. We're going to be like, no, the end of the election. Um, I just, I think that's just the way it's going to be. Um, but I hope that the news catches on to that too, because they're notorious for being bad about that. But like, um, for, cause they have to declare a winner for their, you know, for their yeah. watching party. But, um, but I, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's a few co- short couple of weeks away. Um, we're going to be on the other side of this. And like, what then what is our role as Christians? No matter, no matter what the, whether our side won or not, um, no matter like how we feel about how the election shaped out or if the Republicans still have the Senate or now the Democrats have the Senate and they have the white house, like, what does that mean? You know? And like, we can be a nihilist on both sides. Like both sides can be like, Oh, that's the end of the country as we know it. (laughs) You know? And so I think I'm in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, did you say that last week? Those election? words have come out of ah! my mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they may, have, they may have come out again since then. But that is not, I don't think that's the Christian way to look at things. Let's just be real clear. That Those are in moments of weakness where I say things like that. <laughs> and David's like, we're not moving to Canada. Because um, <laughs> him and I also fall on, fall on um, two sides of the political spectrum, which is a story for another day about how to be married when you're on two different sides. But like... Um, who are vehemently on two different sides. I'm not just talking about two moderates. We're, we're two different sides of the spectrum. But I was thinking like, like how our role as Christians is to, whether our side wins or not, whether you're a Republican and you're a Christian and you win or you're a Democrat and you're a Christian and you win. Like our side isn't this like playground, med- playground mentality of like, I won, you lost, ha ha ha. You know, like it our job is Christian. Is. Yeah, but our job as Christian is to like hold that loosely and and be like and and to to hold out hope because mm-hmm. like I think that both sides are really concerned about what it's going to look like after this election's over and and there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of anxiety and because um, I mean the stakes are high I'm not disagreeing that we're not yeah. in a tense spot in our in our history I, I it is the the stakes are high from a human political. Um, worldly point of view, but like we have to remember who's in charge. Um, I was going to read um, what Scott Saul said in the the article. Um, he said, "This does not mean Christians cannot align themselves with the political party, but if we do align with the political political party, we must hold our loyalty to that party loosely in comparison to the way we hold on to the kingdom of Jesus, or rather, to the way Jesus' kingdom holds on to us." And then he goes on to say, "Presidents." Congressmen and women, senators, governors, mayors, aldermen and women, as well as police officers, military personnel, park and school district employees, and other public servants play an important role in God's plan to renew the world. At the same time, they cannot be to us the answer to the world's greatest problems, which are much too complex for sinful humans and institutions to solve on their own. As the scripture says, some trust in princes, some trust in chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. And that's from Psalm 27. And it's true. Like we can, we can get so, and I do this too. We get so wrapped up in like, if this person gets into power, then things will be so much better and everything will shake out. And that's not true. Like the yeah. problems that are in our world, racism, um, human trafficking, um, abortion, um, pandemics, pandemics, all of those things, th- those things are so big that no side, no side has a like monopoly on the answer. Like, and, and if this side wins, that doesn't mean everything's going to go and be perfect. And if this side wins, everything's not going to be perfect. Like 
we, we have to remember as Christians that God is in control and he is our first allegiance. And I have to tell myself that all the time, which is really sad. <laughs> we all do. Because I mean, think of it this way. Like this is the first time in my lifetime that collectively we have had prolonged trauma to like, like yeah. 9-11 was prolonged trauma. Like there, but I'm saying like that has deeply, cause like 9-11, I didn't feel like that really affected me personally. I didn't know anyone who died. Like it was terrible for our country, but like, but this has affected everybody in America and I'm not everybody saying, in the world, everybody in the world. Yeah. Right. Sorry. But yeah. So I'm just saying like, it, it's, it doesn't surprise me that coming in the, in the climate in the soil of our country right now, where we're all feeling yeah. completely out of control, that we're yeah. looking at people to save us, but we just have to be careful yeah. because there's no, I mean, you can't rewrite any of it, but like if someone else had been president, do we really think that uh, maybe we wouldn't have been in this position, but we don't know that. And if someone else is president, is COVID going to go away? No. Like, it's just, um, yeah, I mean, it's, we have to be careful, yeah. I think, internally when we're seeking control in general. Like, that's just always, like, kind of a gut check of, like, but it makes sense that we're all seeking control. And it's just, like, it's been a really interesting climate for a presidential election in the midst of COVID. Like we'll talk about this for years and it's fascinating to just kind of observe it. But I mean, this is like, I guess the first time in my lifetime, I guess what I'm saying is that I've seen people put so much hope into a political party. Yeah. I wonder if it's because we're all just feeling collectively completely out of control. Yeah. I think my favorite part, and this is the only like minorly political thing I'm going to say um, because I think it has um, relevance to what we're saying. The only the only part where I really was um, impressed with Donald Trump in the um, in the debate, um, and I didn't agree with how he took the the trail, but how he said it at first when they were asking about his responsibility with COVID nineteen, he said COVID nineteen was not my fault, and then he said COVID nineteen wasn't Joe's fault. Yeah, and like that was like the, I was like that. I felt like that was a lot for him to say, um, yeah. and then and then he of course gave responsibility to China, which we can all discuss whether we agree with that or not, like how we feel about that. But like, and then he went into like you know st- stuff I didn't agree with in his handling of COVID nineteen. But I think for a moment, saying like that, what has happened to us isn't one side's fault or the other. Yeah, just like it's not one side's responsibility or the other. It's we have to like work together. And I think that's the other role. So like one role of Christians after the election is over and everything shakes out. Like one role is to bring hope and and not annihilism. And number two is to be like, okay, how now what are we going to do? So this party has won. This is where we are. Now, how are we going to work together? Because we've got some really big problems. Like, and I think that's a part of God's kingdom coming here as Christians. Our responsibility is like, yes, as humans, we can't make it perfect and we can't make all of this stuff go away. But like, we can make it a little bit better for people. And like, but we're going to have to work together. Like COVID-19 is not going to go away until we work together. Racism is not going to go away until we work together. You know, all of these really big problems aren't going to go away until we work together. And if we're just at a stalemate, then these these problems aren't going to go away, whether you agree with the other side or not. So, you're just getting fingers pointed at you constantly. Yes, exactly. Like nobody, yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, that's the thing. We have to care more about the problem than about being right. And we have to care yeah. more about the actual issue and have a really real empathy. Yes. And want to do the hard work that may not be ever recognized or seen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where that comes into like power. Um, our role that power is not bad. 
I think God gives and takes power away from people. I, I don't think that's, you know, from the devil, but I, I, power is important and people need to be in power. I don't disagree with that. And we all have power in some sphere. We have power over children, whatever. We have spheres of influence, right? But I think that like, I, I was listening to a Brene Brown episode recently and she was talking about um, leading with power or leaning in power. And she was the, the way she changed that was like, are you are you lording over your as a leader? Are you lording over power over people, or are you empowering people? And mm-hmm. I and I think that as Christians, like we God empowers us, and He doesn't empower us so that we can lord our power over other people. He empowers us so we can make a change and make a difference, and use our gifts and our skills to make changes in people's lives. And like I think that's our role after the election. Okay, these people are in power. There, God has, you know, allowed them to be in power over me. I'm called to pray for them. I'm called to like follow their authority, but he's also empowered me to do things. And like, we can't just be like, well, I voted, I lost or I won and now I'm done. So yeah. that's we, my challenge. Choosing to be engaged doesn't end like with life. Yeah. And like, I think that yeah. we're seeing a lot of people a lot of us, myself included, are like very engaged. And it's like, we're going to have to find a way to not be not engaged and to not be like, so yeah. engaged. all we think about, we're going to have to find a way to make that sustainable and yeah. to care. Yeah. And I guess that's going to be the tricky part is like, it's kind of like COVID itself. It's like, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And like, I feel like now at, you know, six, how many months we're in? Eight months in something like that. It's like, now we're kind of having, I mean, at least I personally am coming to that place where I'm like, okay, like I have to figure out, like, I can't keep being in the weird, like, oh, like I can't keep making excuses. I've got to figure out how to live with it. And it's like, how can I yeah. make changes? And I think that's the thing with the election too. Um, yeah. So what would you, I'm going to put you on the spot. So say hypothetically, there's somebody who's like, Donald Jay Trump is the worst president America has ever had. He has ruined our country. And I have a really hard time knowing that God is in charge of who becomes a world leader or that like, Mm. what would you? I mean, first off, I don't think he's the worst president we've ever had now. Really? Everybody, everybody knows my feelings on Donald Trump. So I don't need yeah. to go into it because I think everybody's well aware. If you follow me on social media, if you've listened to this podcast at all. You don't think he's uh, the worst president? Who do you think was the worst president? I mean, I think he's up there, but yeah. I think, That's I mean, I, you say that. yeah, no, I, I, I think he's up there. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. and I don't think there's a lot of people that would disagree with me. Even people on, on even Republicans probably wouldn't really disagree with me as much as they don't want to. But like, I mean, there's been plenty of corrupt presidents. There's been plenty of lying presidents. There have been presidents that may have not been liars or corrupt, but they didn't do anything. There's been a lot of lame duck presidencies. I I mean, there are, you know, there are people that there are presidents that have taken us into wars. We didn't need to be in like, I think, you know, there, there are good and bad presidents. I mean, he's probably ranks up there. I'm not, you know, (laughs) disagreeing with that, but I think that, um, 
we we get so like naval focused on what's happening to us to right now that like our country has gone through really hard times before in the past. And that we've had good leaders through those and bad leaders through those. And we've had good leaders that people disagreed with. I mean, you know, there are people that vehemently disagreed with Franklin Delano Roosevelt and he was probably one of the best presidents we ever had. But there are people that disagreed with him and didn't think that his policy should have gone into place. Like there were people who disagreed vehemently with Abraham Lincoln. I mean, we fought a civil war over it. And I would consider him to be one of the best presidents we've ever had. Um, Donald Trump does too. Um, But like, because he used his name a lot in the debate. (laughs) But like, I I mean, but you know, he wasn't liked by everybody. Like, and so I think we have to remember that like the people that we like hold up as like some of the best leaders we ever had, most of them only only had a 50 or 60% approval rating. That means half the country didn't like them, you know? Um, I mean, let's take Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton did some great things, but there are some really bad things about Bill Clinton too. Like, and so I, I think we need to like, like not be so laser focused and like spread out and really think about the big scheme of things. Um, but um, honestly, and this is probably somebody's going to at me and I don't even care. I think God put Donald Trump in the white house. I think God has sovereign control over everything. I think God uses evil and good people for his will. Um, and I think that there have been some really bad things that have come out of the Trump presidency, but I think that our country as a whole is going to be better because of the things that it has illuminated in our country. I think there's a lot of hope. I know a lot of people don't feel that way, but I have a lot of hope for our country that I think that it shook loose some things. And, and a lot of that was not him. It was like the circumstances we find ourselves in. And then, and then he didn't take responsibility for things or whatever you want to say. Like, it, I think it has illuminated eyes and woken people up to um, to, to things that are going to be changed because of it. And so I think God uses every president. I think God uses every government official, whether for evil or whether they, they planned evil. Like I think about Joseph when Joseph says, you know, you intended what you did to me for evil, but God intended it for good. And I, so I think there are people that get into power for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I, Donald Trump's not the only one. There's plenty of people in our politics, and I can start naming names, and I'm not going to. But that I are there not because of the good of our country, but because they care about themselves and yeah. they care about their best interests and not the interest of our country. There's lots of politicians like that. There are evil politicians. There are ones that have, you know, that have done all sorts of things in their past and still got elected. But God still uses them. God same for whatever Trump, reason. Right? Yeah, same as. Yeah. Chef, same as anybody. Yes, yeah. and I think, uh, you know, God's still in control and he still steers the ship. That doesn't mean God doesn't call us to also shake free that, yeah. you know? So I'm not saying, I'm not a, I'm not a fatalist that's like, oh, well, God's in control, so I don't have a role. Like, I don't, I don't agree with that. In the strange economy of the kingdom, God's sovereign, but we also have free will and we have an ability to change things. I don't, I'm never going to understand how that works, but I believe it to be true. And I hold those things in tension. So I believe God is sovereign and God's in charge over Donald Trump and has put him there at while at the same time, he's called us to like bring things to light that are not right. Um, And so, yeah, I think that, you know, God's going to use the last four years and maybe the next four years. Two. <laughs> God writes really long stories, right? Like he yes. doesn't. I mean, Donald Trump 
doesn't have the power, no president has the power to destroy our country, right? Like, and if we try to pretend that they do, then that's just not true. But well, then we don't believe in democracy either. Like, right. this isn't just about believing in God. That's believing in democracy and believing in the great experiment that our that our founding fathers like put into into motion. Like nobody should have the power to completely wreck the whole country. Can can some things go wrong and it be bad for a time? Of course, I'm not saying that, and I and I don't want to like. Some people really have it not great in our country right now, and yeah. I don't want to like step on that because I'm coming from a very privileged position. Who most of what is going on doesn't affect me, mm-hmm. um, but like I, I think about this with COVID nineteen too. Like COVID nineteen is terrible. 220,000 people have died or more in America. Millions of people in the world have died from it. It is obviously a very bad, tragic thing. Um, But it has also shaken free some idols in our country and in our world that like God is using that for good. I'm not saying God like started COVID-19 and that it was his idea or any of that kind of stuff, but he can use anything that was meant for evil for good. Um, And I think there are things, I think all of us can point to things in our lives that are better or are, will get better because of this or have woken us up to things. Um, I think our healthcare system will be better for it. I think, um, you know, um, I think issues of race will be better because of it. Um, I think, and that doesn't mean that we don't have a lot of work left to do. Are yeah. better, I think, I mean, my community is better and closer. I think, I think this opened people's eyes to the fact that our school systems don't have enough money and resources. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that that's one of the things that changes is that, is that like we're awoken to like how important our schools is for, to the functioning of our society. And we need to put more money where our mouth is. That if, if schools are important to us, then we need to put more money there to give them resources to handle issues that we're having now. So I think, I think God will use all of that for good. Um, as hard as it is for me to say God using things for good and Donald Trump in the same sentence, I think he can. So that's my answer to your, this is my very long convoluted answer to your question. <laughs> I mean, it's a tricky question to answer because a lot of people yeah. are really struggling. Like, Lord, how could you do this? You know, yeah. like, really. And I, oh, believe me, I've cried those, those cry and those pleas yeah. before too. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand why, why, like, um, but like, but, I think our role as Christians is just to remind people and our, ourselves first and everyone else that like, yeah, exactly what you just said. He takes what was meant for evil and turns it to good. And like, we yeah. can't despair. Like we have mm-hmm. to be the ones who remind ourselves to that and point people toward yeah. that God can literally bring so much redemption out of terrible things. And we've seen him do it in our lives and we'll continue doing it for our country too. And I think both sides shouldn't give up on the things that are important to them just because the other side wins. Like if Donald Trump wins, I don't think that people who are against him should give up on fighting for certain things that are important to them, whatever it is that they feel like Donald Trump is against. Flip side, like if Joe Biden wins and like that is like, that seems like the worst case scenario for you. And you think, oh, that our, 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 the United States is going to go to hell in a handbasket. More abortions are going to happen. More money is going to be taken from me. All of these things, whatever it is, you feel like is going to be the bad thing that happens if the other side wins. Like you can't go dig into a hole. Like keep 
pursuing the things that are important to you. Like we've been talking about, keep advocating. You know, if Donald Trump wins again, keep advocating for what you think he's against and vice versa. Like, I think that like the advocacy, like you said, the advocacy doesn't stop when the election's over. Like we have to, we have to keep going. Like we have to continue to progress, like no matter which side wins, you know, I I think we have to, and we have to reach across the aisle to get things that are really important to us done. And that's not just for people sitting in the Congress. That's for us too. So like, if we, if we care about things in our community, that means we're going to have to work with people who disagree with us. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, our churches, (laughs) I mean, our churches are struggling right now. Like COVID-19 has been really hard on um, the places of worship in our country. And like, we need to, as as Christians, we need to figure out how we can help the local church, um, even in the midst of this pandemic. And I think we've been so, I, me included, have been so focused on other things that we forget that like the churches are, around us are struggling. Our churches are struggling. And like, how can we, like, how can we help? Um, yeah. So, yeah. True that. So anyways, I can go on forever, but I don't think people want to listen to me go on forever. So <laughs> Well, I hope um, I hope this was helpful just to process yeah. it, remember the big picture, mm-hmm. and yeah. And we're, we'll be we'll be off for um, election day. I hope um, if you haven't voted, if you have already voted, that's amazing. I've already early voted. I think you voted too as well. Um, but no, you know, are you voting this week? Okay, but you're gonna early. You're planning on voting before election day, which is I've never done before. I am, I'm like, I'm the kind of person, this is just how I am, my personality. Like I don't start listening to Christmas music till after Santa comes across the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I refuse to, I refuse to like, um, um, start talking about Thanksgiving until Halloween's over. Like, this is just yeah. my personality. Um, like I'm not really Christmas shopping right now, even though you've told me to and everybody else has to, like, I just can't, I just can't do it. Like I like, ha- I'm like season by season kind of person, like, but, um, on the flip. And so I'm, I'm the person I only vote on election day. I'm like, that's when you're supposed to vote. You don't early vote or mail in vote unless you like have a really good reason. And, <laughs> and I've decided not, that's not the case this year, but, um, cause I love, I love sitting in line and on election day, but I just decided not to do that this year. Um, because I feel like, you know, the, the, the less people that are going to be in line on election day, the better for COVID. So, um, oh, yeah. but you know, I just, it's, it was a pandemic decision I made, but like I, election day is still going to be a big deal whether you voted or not. So, you know, I'm, I'm praying for everybody and encourage everybody to be involved, but also love your neighbor. And and we love you no matter what you think. Yes. And if you don't see me on social media for a couple of days, <laughs> you'll know why, because I just need a break. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm glad it's almost over. Which me is too. not like me. Really, because I feel like once I do, I can just sort of like check out because I've done my yeah. TV. I don't not check out, like not do things, but like I just I can't keep. It's like weighing on me. I'm just like I want to get it done, but I don't have to like feel like I have to keep watching things or consuming things for the next. I know David was like, "Why are you watching the debate? We already voted." And I'm like, mostly because they've been a spectacle, spectacle, and it's kind of like entertainment for me now. But <laughs> last one, I was like, Whoa. I know it wasn't. It wasn't bad. I, I, it was. And Kristen Walker did an amazing job as moderator, so go her. But um, yeah, talk about a dream job. Finish the wrong field. Be a really good debate moderator. <laughs> <laughs> You're so sorry. You're not dead. 
<laughs> oh, my, oh, my kids the other day in the car, um, they said something about being prisoner or whatever. And I was, they, and I was like, and they were like, I was like, yeah, you can be president if you want to, you know, like doing the whole, you can be anything you want to be, blah, blah. And they're like, mom, you can still be president. I mean, Donald Trump's in his 70s. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm exactly on the path to be the president of the United States. And Milo was like, well, Donald Trump wasn't either. It was so funny. It was just a funny That's conversation. Funny. Like, <laughs> I guess it ne- it's never too late. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. All right, well. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yes. Um, we'll be back in two weeks. And I think we're going to do a fun, like, favorite things episode, right? Yes. That was our plan before yes. before Thanksgiving. So so okay. we'll, it won't be so deep next time. We're kind of couching. We're trying to do a little bit of, little bit of easy and a little bit of heavy. You know, we yeah. had our gift giving. Now we have this. And then we're going to have favorite things. And then we'll have Advent. Like, you know. I will say, okay, can I, can I admit one thing before we leave? Yeah. I did... So I'm all like anti-Christmas until like I was at Target the other day getting some Halloween stuff. This was 12 days before Halloween and they were taking the Halloween stuff and putting it in boxes and putting the Christmas stuff out. And I'm like, what about the last minute shoppers who shop a couple days before Halloween? Anyways, but I have Hallmark started showing their Christmas movies. I haven't watched one yet. So don't judge. No, I haven't. But I've started the recording process on my DVR. (laughs) So they're like just all sitting on my DVR waiting for when I'm ready to watch them. I feel like I'm the only woman I know who like does not like Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh, they're terrible, Rebecca. You were you definitely are way more highbrow than me. But no, they're I'm terrible. not highbrow. I love bad TV, but I just can't get into them. And like every girl I know is like, I love Hallmark movies. And I'm like, oh. oh, they're so cheesy. They're a formula. Like it's so antithetical to what I believe about art and and books and movies and TV. I watch bad TV. Like, I'm not a snob. I'm really not. Like, I watch stupid things, very stupid things. But for some reason, I cannot get into it. And it's like, I I feel like they give so many people so much joy. They do. I I can't. And it's like a game for me because I like figure out the formula. Like within the first five minutes, I'm like, I know what's going to happen. It's like, I have this whole formula. Like there are, they, they use like five different formulas or whatever to make all of them. And I five or six, I can't remember. I've, I've listened to a podcast about it, but like, it's, so it's totally the same formula over and over and over yeah. again with just like different people in it. Um, but which is so not like me, but it, it gives me joy. It's like the one thing that yeah. is so cheesy. So Anyways, whatever. We all have our vices, right? (laughs) Maybe I'll start posting about Hallmark Christmas movies instead of politics. Yeah, you should. Or you could like Enneagram type the people in the Hallmark Christmas movies and combine both your worlds. I'm so smart. You're so smart. I'm totally going to do that. Now I'm going to start watching them and taking notes. (laughs) And then you'll feel productive because you're a three. There you go. I can be lazy and productive at the same time. So. Anyways, well, it's been fun, friend. All right. Love you. Love you too. Bye, guys. Bye. So till next week, we are on Instagram at Woven and Him. We are on Facebook and Patreon forward slash Woven and Him. You can also email us fullywoven at gmail.com. And I'm Rebecca Pete, like the coffee brand. And you can find me at RebeccaPete.com where you can also find all my social handles. Yep. And uh, I don't want to be found. So just find me on the Facebook for our uh, podcast and the Instagram, but not my personal. Bye. Bye.